welcome to the Genie Podcast. I'm Grant Bruner, and with me today is Thomas McKenty. How are you, Thomas? I'm doing great, Grant. Wonderful day. It's a nice, warm, sunny day in Chicago. Oh, that's good. That, that's really good. It's been uh, it's been quite he- humid and uh, and hot here in the Mid Atlantic area of the United States. So let's talk today. Uh, this, now, this is a topic that that uh, you find interesting. You find near and dear to your heart. So let's let's uh, talk about it. It's it's collateral search versus cluster search. Um, so let's start off. Um, kind of give a description of what collateral search means and what cluster search means in regards to genealogy. Yeah, I want to clarify, a lot of genealogists, especially beginning genealogists, will use them uh, interchangeably. But for me, there is a distinction between a collateral search and a cluster search. They really represent two distinct research methodologies. Collateral search is when you search for those persons not directly related to your ancestors, but who are considered part of the same family, usually through marriage. An example would be if you're researching your second great-grandfather, then you take the time to look at the siblings of his wife or his wife's parents and who they married, who their children are, etc. That's what I consider a collateral search. It's, it's sort of, I don't want to call it collateral damage, but if you were to say a genealogy bomb went off, you want to look for the things on the outer perimeter, basically, of your research. Now, cluster search is a little bit different. For me, cluster search is when you search within a geographic a group of records or a social circle, and you're looking at people, places, and connections that are not directly tied to your ancestors, but might provide clues and insights into how they lived, uh, what they did, etc. The easiest example is to look at the entire page of a U.S. federal census population schedule where your ancestor is located. What I always do is once I've gotten all the information on my ancestor, I look to see who also is listed and enumerated in that same neighborhood, maybe who has a similar ethnicity. If mine came from Germany, I'll look for other people from Germany. Uh, also similar professions. If mine was a barrel maker, I'll look for other barrel makers, or railway workers, etc. So that is the difference between collateral and cluster. Oh, I see. It's important, uh, especially when you're doing work with other people, it's important to define your terms. I mean, even, even the kind of the basic stuff, uh, it's important to, to, when you're communicating with other people, to do it effectively, you really need to know what it is you're both referring to. So why are these searches, you know, these collateral and cluster, why are they important in genealogy? And sometimes, you know, they're sometimes ignored. Why are, why are they ignored by new genealogists? Well, when you are aware of the power of the cluster and the collateral searches, that really means that you're starting to make the transition from a beginning genealogist to a more mature intermediate genealogist. I think that many beginners, you know, this is the problem. The collateral searches take an extra bit of time and effort, and very often new genealogists see them as a waste of time. And then they'll come back and circle back and do those collateral searches after the, only after they've hit a stumbling block or they're done with their current search. So collateral searches often contain clues that are not always easy to connect to your ancestor, such as an in-law's birthplace or occupation. This is why I really recommend that you have a good research log where you record every bit of information no matter how insignificant it might seem at the time of the research. You never know when you're going to need that information to move your research forward. 
Now, cluster searches require even more time and effort because, uh, you know, even more so than collateral searches, there's no direct link to your ancestor. For me, cluster searching is more of a background information gathering process. I get to understand the community where my ancestor lived, the cultural practices, uh, maybe the naming conventions on children, whether they're named after, you know, grandparents or aunts and uncles, uh, how people lived and how they worked. Again, a research log is important, but for cluster data, I usually record my insights in the notes section on a research log. I'll put a note such as everyone on this street is from County Monaghan in Ireland. You know, it's hard to really conceptualize, not conceptualize, put that information in one type of container, but that's usually how I record it on a research log. Right. That makes sense. And, you know, when you're doing different types of research, there are different ways of getting the information. So what are some of the types of resources that are used for doing these collateral and cluster searches? Well, for both types of searches, collateral and cluster, resources are very often the same, but they can be used differently. Here are some of the record types you can look for. Uh, census population schedules. For collateral searches, look for in-laws, cousins, and others. Also, don't forget people that are labeled as a boarder, someone that's boarding in their home. Very often, this could be a collateral relative. Realize that the person do the enumerator made the decision of putting down that information. Uh, it wasn't always clearly communicated to the enumerator. Now, for cluster searches, review the entire page, maybe an entire address, especially if it's a tenement house or an apartment building, or sometimes I'll even look at an entire enumeration ward. I look for birthplaces, ethnicities, occupations, and those types of items. The next type of record would be newspapers. These are used more for cluster searches. Old newspapers, especially in small towns, documented the social activities of ancestors, including friends and associates with whom they interacted. Uh, if you read them carefully, you can get clues as to the why or how of certain practices or certain events. One example is, how did my great-grandparents meet? You could find out that they attended the same church as teenagers. Now, land and property records, usually cluster searches, are much more geographical than collateral searches, so any record having to do with location is important. Make sure you review the transactions located near your ancestor's property for clues. Passenger lists and manifests. For many of our immigrant ancestors, clusters of people who arrive from the same location often settled in the same location in America, and they would be in the same social and occupational circle. Church records. I always say the family that prayed together not just stayed together, but often interacted socially with other families. Churches and synagogues are where connections were made, including business connections and, of course, the matchmaking, marriage-type connections as well. This is another resource for cluster searches. Some court records will reveal the business and financial interactions between our ancestors and others in the community. And finally, occupational records. Believe it or not, especially I would say from the 1920s to the 1960s or 70s, Many corporations had employee newsletters, announcements. These are the types of – this is a record trail that they really left. And you get names and dates and anniversaries and birthdays, and it's amazing what you can find in these newsletters. And a lot of them now are available online. Yeah, I mean that's, that's a really good point. I mean not, if you can 
go to all these places, but now we have, we have what's great is that you can do all of this clustering collateral search, and, and a good portion of it is right available right online for you. So, you know, in the terms of people that are using Genie, how can collateral and cluster searching actually help them? Online programs like Genie offer a lot of options for pursuing collateral and cluster searches. Uh, here are some ways that I use Genie for those types of searches. First thing, the projects. I go to research on the menu bar at the top. I select projects, and then I search for geographic locations. One that I'm working on lately is New Jersey. And I found several projects that are important to my family. One is the Salem County, New Jersey families. This is a project that someone set up, and it has all these profiles of people, ancestors that lived in Salem County, New Jersey. So when you get to the projects and you're searching in projects, use keywords, towns and cities, churches, companies, and things like that. Also, don't forget the military searches. Very often, uh, social circles were developed among veterans once they came back from serving in a war. The other feature that I use at Genius Discussions, that's again on the menu bar under research, select discussions, and then what I do when I get to discussions, I go to the viewing drop-down list and select all public. I want to look at all the public discussions. I use a keyword search to focus on geographic locations names of churches, companies, military regiments. And the one thing, Grant, I want to say, if you find that a discussion doesn't exist, the, the power of Genie is that I can start a discussion, and that's what I really like. I will throw a question out there, and you'd be surprised at what you get coming back. People will answer. And then finally, the search function. I go to the advanced search function in Genie, and it's under genie.com forward slash search forward slash advanced. And I search for surnames. I also don't forget there's a family section in there, which allows you to specify the parents' names, sibling names, and more information. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a, really powerful. And the best part of, of Genie.com is the collaboration, is that you're not just sitting by yourself alone doing research by yourself. You benefit from all the work that all these other people, you know, we have over 6 million people on Genie, and we have, you know, it, the, the World Family Tree just reached 57 million people the other day. So, I mean, we have all this information. Genie is essentially a resource for you to use. Now, it's not just you benefiting from the work that others have done, but others can benefit from the work that you've done. If you've done a lot of research in one specific area and you want to show it off, all these people can benefit and, and you can find new family members, new information, and it, it's, it's really quite uh, powerful. And I'm, 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 I'm quite proud of the product. So, Thomas, why don't you uh, let us know where we can find you on the Internet? Well, right now I'm uh, based at home for the next few weeks before I take off and travel a bit. But right now I'm focusing on Genia Blockers Radio. Uh, we had a great show at Genia Bloggers Radio, and that's at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Genia Bloggers. We had a great show last week called the CSI Show. It focused on forensic genealogy. We have an even better show coming up this Friday, July 8th. It's at 9 p.m. Uh, the name of the show is called Don't Know Much About Genealogy, and it focuses on genealogy education. And we're talking certificate-type programs, institutes, things that are more than just going and listening to a webinar. These are these are really uh, major educational opportunities. So our guests are going to be Lee Maxey of the Boston University Center for Professional Education, Alyssa Scalise-Powell from the Genealogy Research Institute of Pittsburgh, 
and Linda Ray Palmer, who will be discussing the University of Washington's Continuing Education Certificate Program in Genealogy and Family History. That sounds great. Thank you very, very much for your time, Thomas. So if you want more information, please go to genie.com slash blog, and you'll be able to get the full show notes for this episode. So for the Genie Podcast, I'm Grant Bruner. Thanks for listening, and have a good one.